mysterious trip that Yaakov Avinu takes to Be'er Sheva before he heads to Mitzrayim. Chazal, our Megala to us, what happened? It's Yerushalmi, it's a Medrash, that what happened? That he went to Be'er Sheva, and in Be'er Sheva, Avram Avinu planted Eishel Avram, the Chesed Avram, whether it's the, the houses, the ends, the actual house that Avram Avinu made for the Archim, or it's the trees in front of the house that Avram Avinu planted, the sprawling gardens, to make it a great stay for his visitors. So those Eishel, those beautiful cedar trees, Yaakov Avinu, before he went to Mitzrayim, went to Be'er Sheva to pick up Eishel Avram. He brought Eishel Avram down to Mitzrayim. And of course, we know we know the Rashi brings in, in, in a couple of places in the Torah. We know that those trees were brought to Mitzrayim, and we know the Yidden took those trees out of Mitzrayim, and ultimately the Briach HaTichon, the central beam in the Mishkan, was created from those trees. The Eishel Avram, ultimately in the desert, how did they have cedar trees? They brought those trees out of Mitzrayim. How did they have them in Mitzrayim? Yaakov Avinu brought Avram Avinu's trees down to Mitzrayim. Thinkers, very intellectual people, so these type of details get them excited, maybe fives, if you will, if you're an anagram type. But a guy like me, these details, which trees, there's obviously Chazal are telling us something. My dahava have it's not just little details of quirks of history. There's obviously something profound being said to us. And what Chazal are teaching us something is why this is a tremendous simcha of Yehuda and his Kala building this precious home, and why I have tremendous confidence that this home is going to be a beautiful Torah home, a place of Shalom Beinayim, Shechina Beinayim, a tremendous abode for the Shechina. Because the Yisoyed the Torah is telling us is the Eishel Avram, the trees of Avram Avinu, the kindness of Avram Avinu, the Chesed of Avram, ultimately becomes, ultimately only through chesed can one make a place for the Shechina, can one be zeichet ha-shras ha to connect Hashem, to have a mishkan, to have a briach ha-tichai, that beam which holds up the central beam of the mishkan, to have a place that Hashem lives, dwells amongst us, the only way to be zeichet to that is through chesed, the Chesed of Avram Avinu, the Eishel Avram ultimately becomes the central beam of the Mishkan. That's the Goyrim of Ashras Hashchin, of connection to Hashem. I had the great privilege of hearing one of the great thinkers where Zayichet have in America, the Neri Yisrael Sheshiva Feldman. And I heard him beg Mechanchem, he said we're in a world, where he said we're born into the world in a cocoon of mirrors. We're surrounded only seeing ourselves. And he said the only way to live a Torah elevated life, the only way to live with Hashem, the only way to be a person who lives on an elevated plane is to break through the cocoon of mirrors and discover somebody else. If you care about the Zulas, you do for the other person, such a person can discover another person. Such a person can discover Hashem. Such a person of chesed can ultimately have the Briach HaTicha and the Mishkan, can have Ashras HaShchina. From very, very early in the history of this yeshiva, the Rosh Hashiva surprised me, 
And he said he wants the Bachram building the beds of the yeshiva. He wants them to go to the dorm and actively be involved in building the yeshiva. Now certainly there was an Indian to teach Achrayis, or to hand the yeshiva, the Bachram or Bailam over the yeshiva. But of equal importance from day one in the yeshiva, all the steiging, the emes liyakoy, the Torah that ensues, the has to be to see the zulas. A person stuck on himself has no shaykhis, the Torah. Torah is trilosay the soifig milas chasadim, a lashon of chazal. And if a person is stuck in a cocoon of mirrors, they have no shaykhis to a life of Torah. They have no shaykhis to a life of kirvis Hashem. Only when you see about the Zulas, when you care about the Zulas, could you then discover a life of closeness to Hashem. And from day one, that has been the model of the Yeshiva, to teach Chesed, Torah's Chesed, to teach to care about the Zulas. In Yeshiva, often there's the danger that I go to Yeshiva to enlarge myself. I want to become big. I want to become a Gadol. I want to become great. It's about self. But the Pasuk that speaks about Abbas Hashem, Ba'atas Hashem Kecha, the translation is Shem Shemayim In the Yeshiva, the model always is and was to cause the next person to become great. Become great, but bring the next person with you. When the Pasuk in Tillam describes Miyala Bahar Hashem, the great person, it speaks about a Dor Dorsha. We're talking about an individual. All of a sudden, you're speaking about a generation. Because the Yachan who climbs right his thoughts and focuses on the Zulas. He wants to be Mekadashem Shemayim. He wants to bring others close to Hashem. It's about Hashem, not selfish. So it's about growing, of course, but bringing others with the thoughts on the Zulas. And Yehuda, of course, is a Yehuda, it's so appropriate that Yehuda Sheva brought in this Yesheva. Yehuda is a poster child for this Yesheva. Of this Nikud of Chesed, I always had tremendous joy. <coughs> Typically, if you're in a yeshiva, so the guy serving you, he might not be the smartest guy, maybe not the biggest mass, but he's, he's the nice guy. The nice guy, maybe a guy, he doesn't learn. I always had such joy. The guy serving you was a going. That Yehuda, in his, with his brilliance, his unbelievable knowledge, his ability to research anything and get to the bottom of an Indian. With all his talents and mindless, such brilliance, such capacities, with all his capacities, it was Yehuda serving the soda. It was Yehuda cleaning up the soda. It's a, it's a quirk of our yeshiva that the Rosh Hashiva made, the quirk, that the better the bacher, the more chesed he's doing. That's how he gets where he gets. And the path that Yehuda took was a path of kindness, doing for the zolas really caring about the other person, always running the amount Yehuda has done in the yeshiva, for the yeshiva. Such chesed, such akbad of doing chesed. So to me, a person who's a bal chesed, extraordinary bal chesed, who thinks about the zulas, who has such a concern for the next person's physical needs, emotional needs, any need of another person so caring and thoughtful to the next person, his relationship, for years I watched Yehuda, the way, the way Yehuda was to Shaverim, the, the relationship to his sister Naira. Such a caring, thoughtful person, unbelievable. And to me, a person of such chesed 
And then this summer I was Zaycha to meet the Kala, and it's in Vagefen, a thoughtful, caring person. Together they have this Chesed of Avram. What comes from the Chesed of Avram is the Briach HaTichon, is that beam that, um, that what emerges is a Mishkan, a place of Ashras Hashrina. And because of you, there's Midas HaChesed, and this Kala's wonderful Midas HaChesed, to me it's Pasha, what's going to emerge is a beautiful home. That's a makam of Ashras Hashrina, they should be Zaycha. You then as Kala should build Taka, the home that we all know that Beza Hashem they will build, should be a home of tremendous shalom, of tremendous siyata the Shmaya, should be a home Taka Shrina Beinaya. Amen. Yehuda Taka, besides giving to the yeshiva, Yehuda took from the yeshiva. And in a yeshiva, the best compliment is somebody to use the yeshiva to utilize it properly. And Yehuda's relationships to the rebellion is outstanding. He had such a close kesher to the Rebbeim. And there's a specific Rebbe that Yehuda frequented the house together. Rebbe Ezi Shlita, Rebbe and his rabbits and Yehuda was always welcome there. And Yehuda smartly took advantage in a beautiful way of that relationship. So it's my pleasure to ask Rebbe Ezi to speak for that. Please be seated. <laughs> Good evening. I want to take the opportunity to just for Shashiva, Lurizarov. I want to uh, <laughs> welcome everybody to Yehudah Rifki Shem First, I want to extend apologies to the uh, Lurizarov that the uh, if the noise level of the children is somewhat deficient. Uh, much as I might try, for those of you who aren't familiar, in Blue Ridge, the rule is. If the kids are quiet, the father has to leave the room. And, um, pardon? This community, I just want to community, right, okay. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, Kalman couldn't make it tonight, and the girls, unfortunately, is, uh, are all too well behaved, much as I try to rile them up. But, my dear friends, uh, <clears throat> what I thought I'd discuss this evening, um, by Yehuda's uh, Simcha, the Shavarbrach's of uh, such an outstanding Balmidas of Torah through and through. Um, like the, like the Blurzhirov mentioned, the schus that my wife and I have had, that Yehuda had stayed in our, in our home. So I'd like to share with you just something that never left my memory, uh, uh, an interesting anecdote that took place that uh, I put a little bit of a twist on it, and I've, I mentioned it to my wife uh, over, over the years, it wasn't all that long ago that Yehuda was in the 12th grade, and what we saw, the various midas dachrayas that he took for the entire, for the entire um, grade, the tremendous sense of responsibility for another person, the chuka, the bikush, the stubbornness in learning, the way he would never let a sugya go, just, you know, to just the way I would explain it was never enough, and always seeking more and more and there's just so much to describe the tremendous sensitivity for others that Ray Kalish expressed, the, the sense of Akhar that we saw throughout, the sense of Akhrayas, that there wasn't a Shabbos that would go by, where Yehuda wasn't worried about what, what, what Nash would be brought for the Elam, and it was all Yehuda's responsibility, all things that he took upon himself. Anyways, one, uh, one Sunday, I think it was, I came, I came, I came to Yeshiva, 
And I think I was at, you know, Yehuda actually was the one to notice that I was wearing a pair of socks that he, he recognized. And, and I think we together understood that those weren't mine. And I said, you know, yeah, Taka, I thought it was a little, I, I, I had some, a funny feeling, you know, on my feet this morning. He said, yeah, yeah, those, those are mine. <laughs> so immediately, as is my practice, I immediately removed them and, you know, returned them, of course. Um, and he would apologize. And he said the words that I, that, again, that, that I has with my wife. He, he told us, he told me the words, the words that he said is, yeah, you know, I, always, I have a tendency wherever I go, I leave something wherever I go. And I thought about those words. Uh, Yehuda said that I leave something, wherever I go, I leave something. And the truth of that, I don't think, I don't think it's what he made, you know, it's the drush that lays behind the words. I leave something, wherever I go, I leave something, wherever I go. And I have hakar satayv tashem, that my children are blessed, that we had Yehuda grace our home so often. That they were zeichet to see the way Yehuda would sing Zmiris. They were zeichet to see his sensitivity to the others, to appreciate his graciousness as a guest, to appreciate what uh, others had done for him, always looking to do for others. It's a rare distinction that someone has the uh, right in our in 53 Lincoln, the right to bring stuff to the kitchen, as is known, is not something that uh, everybody is. Uh, is worthy of, and Yehuda was worthy of one who would clean up because we understood that Yehuda is someone who has that tendency and it can't be taken away from him. What I thought I'd share with you is something that I found very interesting, um, and this is something that, like Rabbi Kalish had mentioned, is the confidence that we have in Yehuda and Rifki building a new home. <laughs> it was brought to my attention, uh, it was two weeks ago, someone walks up to me, in the middle of laning, and he says to me, you know, they went down to Mitzrayim, and the Torah says that Elish Shmeis B'nei Yisrael Abam Mitzrayim Ishu Bo, Reuben Shimon says the names. And earlier, the Torah, when the first went down, Haboyim, when the Torah says in present tense that they were going, the Torah tells us the names of all those that went down. And the Torah says a list, a list that concludes with the final number of 70, and there's a tremendous discussion among the Mepharshim how we arrived to that conclusion. But the Torah says these words, called, The souls that went down with Yaakov to Mitzrayim, those that were his progeny, those that were his children, not including the wives of Yaakov, there were 66. And... This fellow asked me, what's with the wives? Where are the wives? Why aren't they mentioned? Now the Torah would, the, the, the cursory reading of the Torah would indicate that the women aren't mentioned because they're not Yotzei Yerecho. It says only those that were of Yaakov's lineage, were of Yaakov's descendants or progeny or children, Milvad Neshev and Yaakov, excluding the wives of Yaakov. Rashi tells us, and it's quoted often, that Rashi says that the wives had passed away, but if you look carefully at Rashi, which I happen to have done, <laughs> it actually states that it's only according to the opinion that these, that there were, that the Shvatim married wives that were also Yaakov's children, that to Umas Noldim Ashvatim, according to that Mandama, Rashi's bothered, if they were Yaakov's children, they should be mentioned just like Reuben Shemlevi. So why aren't they mentioned? So Rashi tells us that they had, it had to be that they died, and I was very bothered because the Torah states explicitly 
Milvad Neshebin Yaakov. Yaitzi Yerechel Milvad Neshebin Yaakov. It says explicitly that these were those that were Yaakov's children, not including the wives of Yaakov. So even if you say that they were Yaakov's children, it would seem to make sense, even if they were alive, that they wouldn't be mentioned because they were, they were, were not including the wives. And I was very pleased I saw the Ramban. The Ramban says that, Arash, Ramban says it's not necessarily to say that they passed away, just simply since they were married to the Shvatan themselves, they're already included. And the Ramban says that, in fact, this is what the Pasuk means. They were Yaitse Yerecho. They were, in fact, even if they were Yaakov's children, Milvad, Neshev, and Yaakov, but they're not being counted because they were the wives of the people. But I want to tell you what the Ramban ends off. Neshev, Layimna, the reason why the wives weren't counted, says the Ramban, and here it is, a man with his wife is one. And I always understood that to be, I was very pleased, I found the Ramban says it, I always understood Lule, if, even though Rashi, and even Rashi, by the way, Rashi who says that the only reason why Rashi has to say they must not have, been, they must not have passed away is because they were Yaitzi Yerecho. That's the only reason why Rashi needs it to, be, have meant, to have been mentioned. But if you hold that they weren't Yaakov's children, then Rashi would agree that there's no need to mention them. Why? Because they're not mentioned, they were the wives. So, if you don't read the Ramban carefully, you'll think, well, once I mention him, who needs to mention the wives, right? But Rashi doesn't say that. The Ramban says, A man with his wife is one. And I always understood, when we say Kiddush every Friday, we say, <coughs> we give a whole list of people that can't do mul- uh, every Shabbos, I'm sorry. Shabbos morning we say, you, your son, your daughter, right? Help me here. Your slave, your maidservant, your, 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 your animal. Where's the wife? The wife's not mentioned. Let's leave what the cynics will say for another time. And the wife is not mentioned. It does mention your son, your daughter, your slave, your maidservant, and the wife is not mentioned quite. And the wife is not mentioned. And I think the obvious understanding is like this Ramban, a man and his wife are one. And if the man is not, if it says, so I already included, I already said, you can't do malacha. Your son is not you. Your son is someone else. Your daughter is someone else. Your slave, your maidservant. And that the Ramban says is why the Torah didn't mention the wives, because I already said, I don't need to mention the wives. And, as the Blue Jerov mentioned, it's something that we have a tremendous conviction and confidence. The way Yehuda, I think I can, I, I hope I'm not, uh, I hope it's an apt description to express that there's such a taras hanefesh to Yehuda. Again, the way you watch, the way he would, the way he davens, and the way he, um, the way he, 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 he expresses himself to care for the other person, this is someone who's going to be a model of Ish Ishtay Echad, who's someone who will live up to the standards of the Torah to be Baina Bayas Neman be Israel Shemel Teferis. And we have a tremendous confidence, the Taras and Nefesh that has helped him to become such a tremendous Yare Shemayim, a tremendous Ben Torah, Talmachacham. Someone we saw the very, the, the very day before his Chasana. Of course, I was very moved that he was willing to stop by my house for a few moments. But a second Seder was learned with, with Akiva Mace. Stan that he could keep up with Akiva Mace is already something, and I, I don't know if I could say the same about myself. And he was learning the day before his chasana. This Taras HaNefesh will help him to fulfill that, that the Torah mandates 
is inclusive because ish ni ish echad hu, and we wish Yehuda and Rivka to have tremendous hatzlacha. They should be zeichet that the zivig zal aliyafa zayin be zeichet be boyna bias and misfell shemitz garis rubini aliyad kesha shachayama.